Fired Up Fridays app with Steve Ryan is now available on Apple and Google Play stores. Well, hello there, family. You're listening to Fired Up Fridays with Steve Ryan. Fired Up Fridays, all right. Fired Up Friday will be right back after these messages. If you're anything like me, when you come across something you like, you tell people, right? So, I've come across something I like. The Hydra Jug. It's convenient. I can put it in the dishwasher. It's spill-proof. It's got a convenient handle. And they even have, like, this sleeve that you can get that you can put, like, your phone and keys and things in. I mean, it holds you accountable. It's no excuse not to drink enough water now. All you have to do is get the Hydro Jug at thehydrojug.com. Use a promo code FRIDAY, which is easy to remember, to get 10% off. So go to thehydrojug.com and use the promo code FRIDAY and get 10% off. Easy, breezy, convenient. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Fired Up Friday. All right. (laughs) We got Matt's in the house. So, hey. Yeah, you're a uh, guitarist, rock extraordinaire. So uh, if somebody gave you like a little elevator pitch and say, well, who is Matt Feinstein? <laughs> I might be fine, but I, you, you, you put an upward inflection on there, so I'll correct you, but I don't normally. Okay. Unless yeah. people say Thane, and I get Thane a lot. I get Thane a lot. So I'm like, that's when I correct people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, like Frankenstein. Fan- yes, sir. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, so you uh so you're like a guitarist and a and a rock guy or Yeah, uh, that's my uh, if I am given my own pitch, I call myself a noisemaker. Uh I okay. am a guitarist and a producer and a songwriter, um a singer, you know, I do all those things cuz you know how it is, you, everybody wears a lot of hats these days. Yeah. Uh, I started out as a guitarist, but I've really branched into the the octopus territory if you will. Right, right. Hands and all the different fingers and things. <laughs> it suits me though, because I like. I, I'm a guy who who likes to switch it up. You know, freelance right. suits me in that way. Right, right. Uh, but I'm also a bit of an activist, so I would say that I'm a noisemaker in that way too. Uh, I'm a bleeding disorders advocate. Mm-hmm. All right, and so like, um, uh, what are you? What are you currently doing as far as toward the bleeding disorders? Like with your activism. Well, that falls in line with what the community does. There's a, a very, mm-hmm. uh, we may be a sparse number, but we're fairly robust in terms of the efforts we have at the moment. Uh, right. I use the platform as a musician, as a way to bring awareness towards hemophilia and other bleeding disorders. Uh, but right now we're just kind of uh, sitting back. I guess Giving Tuesday is uh, either just past us or around the corner. I believe it's around the corner. Um, right. And Giving Tuesday is associated with charitable contributions towards just about anything. But we are, of course, being a bleeding disorders advocate, I am focusing that towards uh, hemophilia charities. Uh, so uh, Giving Tuesday for me is associated with national and local hemophilia uh, state chapters. 
Oh, awesome. And, and like, if somebody wants to get involved in something like that, where, where would they go as far as like being an activist? It depends on where they live. Uh, if I were to, if somebody were to ask me about, uh, where they were to contribute resources, I would immediately see where they lived. Um, for example, I live in New Jersey, so I would direct right. if somebody in New Jersey was asking me that I direct them toward, uh, the New Jersey hemophilia association, because at the state level is where the best, uh, boots on the ground type things happen. The national chapters are sort of supplemental and, uh, legislative slash other advocacy endeavor, uh, based things. Wow. That makes sense. And, and, um, what, what sparked your uh, activism into hemophilia? Well, I am a person with hemophilia, uh, but that didn't spark it necessarily. What right. did was, um, the way that this works is, uh, when a person is born with hemophilia, uh, their parents are often quite scared because this is to them a new thing. This is, Oh my God, we just gave birth. This is supposed to be beautiful, but now this kid has this thing and we don't know what to do. Oh my right. God, this is this abstract horror. Uh, so what happens is the state chapters, in my case, the New Jersey chapter scooped up my parents and were like, it's all right, we can, we can help out here. We can teach you about the disorder. We can get you connected with a treatment center and we can make sure that your kid has the meds he needs. And what right. happens from there is, you know, it's, it's better, but also it takes just this Herculean, this massive amount of energy to keep that going. So individuals, uh, usually this, I would say that in general, advocacy is an overwhelmingly female-driven uh, thing, and, and and I feel like that's a thing with activism in general. That that activism is often led highly by female, uh, by women, by mothers, by spouses, by siblings uh, of people who are often beset themselves, or by women who just can't get enough of what they need or are having issues themselves. They're the ones that seem to have that resolve the most. So my mother became a massive advocate. And for me, I was just learning how to deal and I couldn't yeah. really deal well because it was just so much on me and I was a super overstimulated kid. So I didn't for a while. And then I decided to try again. Like I, I decided to use my, my problem as a hook later on in my life for an album I had been doing. I'd kept it out of my stuff for a while. And I realized that promoting my music was a great way to educate people at large about what I am and what's going on with it, you know, especially in an era in which healthcare is, is, you know, we've made amazing strides with healthcare, but it's still super precarious. And for a long time, you know, for, for eight years of a different presidency, it seemed like that was something they were trying to pull out from under anyone who caught a break that way, you know? Right. So I I saw it super important uh, after a point, after I realized what I could do uh, from a different perspective, uh, rather than just being about the cause, being an entertainer who had this linked to him made me a bit more appealing because let's face it, man, I'm a white guy with tattoos and a guitar. How many of those are there? Like too many. We <laughs> run out of fingers and toes super quick on that one. You know, what's <laughs> remarkable about that? I'm not going to say a whole lot is, you know, that's, that's just the little humor there. But the truth of it is if I attach a cause to it, it becomes interesting and it becomes purposeful. So right. I can be, a bit more than just look at my noise, you know? Right. Right. So in doing that, I was able to find a bit more purpose to my own stuff rather than just feeling like a component to other people's work. Right. How would you say that like that impacted your, your music, your making music, um, if, if any impact? 
Oh, certainly a lot. Uh, for my own projects, uh, I had started doing my own solo work just a bit as a portfolio artist. Right. Somebody who did things as a showcase of what he could do or what he could offer to other people. And perhaps if somebody else wanted to take his weird songs, maybe they could. Um, but I hadn't really injected a lot of hemophilia into that because I had thought uh, and had had people sort of influence the thought process that that was a little too specific and that it right. was going to be a little too uh, rarefied for anyone to relate to. And in a lot of cases, given uh, my background as a sideman, a session musician to other people's work, it wasn't appropriate, you know, to, mm -hmm. to kind of call attention to myself through the lens of somebody else's work was not necessarily the right thing to do. Uh, so I, using that newfound uh, focus on my own work and the realization that I could take, you know, the new work and right. use it as an opportunity to bring awareness to a rare bleeding disorder allowed me to start to unpack some stuff that I had really not given myself the opportunity to unpack just stuff mm -hmm. that I had been running away from. Uh, and it sort of framed a lot of the, the album I'm, I'm pitching now. I have an album coming out in March. Uh, that is essentially me going through, uh, different artifacts of my life, uh, sort of right. unpacking different aspects of myself that, Frankly, I don't know if I would have gotten around to if the if if, if the lockdown didn't happen. Um, right. I don't know about you, but for me, the lockdown took away just about everything I was doing. Right. Uh, and it made me kind of get good with myself. I had to I, I had to prioritize my health because there wasn't anything else I could do. Yeah, that makes sense. It's al it's almost like a blessing in disguise. You know, I hate to put it that way, but I don't know how else to put it. Um, you know, wow. So like with your, with your music, what's the, have you come up with the album, what your album is going to be called? Uh, the album is called Redefine. Oh, cool. Cool. The album is called that because for a minute it was, I, I had wanted to do something that had alluded to improvement mm -hmm. to the idea of, of growth. Um, and originally I had called it refinement, you know, cause I had wanted to make a pun on my name. Uh, with an FEI, but that was going to be a little too obtuse. So I, I made it straight up, but then I thought about it. And when you think about the refinement process, it's usually stripping things away. It's right. usually slimming things down or otherwise condensing them at the expense of perhaps other things. For me, I saw redefine as a better word for what I was trying to do because uh, it was more of like a reorganization of what was already there. That makes sense. That makes sense. And so your your previous project, Dear Anxious, I believe the name of it was? Yeah, um, that was the last single I put out. Okay. And what inspired that single, like uh, Dear Anxious? Dear Anxious was the single that let me know I had this record. It, it is on Redefine. It is the first single I put out of that record. And it was inspired, for me, a lot of things start out musically. Right. And so I had a friend who, uh, my friend Samantha, she sends me work sometimes and she sent me a song that she called a fuck song, basically, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, something that was sexy, you know, and it had right. this sort of like, oh, make love to me kind of feel to it. And right. I thought that I'm like, I want to write something sexy. And so I just sort of sat there after hearing her thing and I just, and I got a guitar here with me. So I just remember just sitting there, you know, just kind of just messing around on the thing, just... 
I just couldn't stop doing that. And that's to me how you know I've got like, you know, a good song. And I just messed around on that for a while and I tried to write something sexy. And, and me, I'm not that guy. I'm not, at least not yet. I haven't figured out how to write sexy that resonates. So the things that were there were placeholders. They were comedic to me because they didn't like, uh, they weren't gripped. And unfortunately that's sort of who I am as a, as a lyricist is, is that shit's got a grip. And yeah. if it doesn't, then I got to keep hacking at it and hacking at it. So eventually I realized what I was at. And, and that song is about me realizing that I've now kind of put it out there that I'm this person who advocates, who is about hemophilia and is about trying to be a role model in his community of, of how to, you know, stick out for yourself and how to not necessarily be the person that the community expects you to be, but who can still be a positive influence in there. Somebody who can be um, a role model or a leader in the community. So it was this idea of being, you know, dare to be splendid, if you will, is what I would describe that song as. And the, the name came from something a buddy of mine sent me about, if anything else, hilariously, it was about articles like the and is and was or whatever. Um, just grammatical, how to use articles. And it started with Dear Anxious, and that just stuck with me. Oh, wow. Name. And then just little pieces of lyrics came to it. And it was a song that I didn't know I was capable of writing because it's this sort of breezy, very simplified piece. So it kind of let me know that I had something there. Like it let me know that what I was working on had a nucleus. Mm -hmm. And otherwise I didn't know that I would have had a record necessarily. Wow. So, so dear anxious, is that going to also be on the album that's coming out in March or will it just stay a single? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's the first single off of the record. I'm, I'm into that. Uh, so that, that would be track five of seven and, uh, about a month ago, actually a month ago to the date, I put out a song called Borderlines. Oh, I was going to ask you about that one. <laughs> first single on the record. So if, if Dear Anxious is about, you know, how it's going, Borderlines is more about how it started. That makes sense. That makes sense. And, um, and who would you say are some of your, some, some influences for you uh, musically? I would say that the band that made me feel like I was going to do this for, for my life was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, I can, they I were, can see that. <laughs> they were the ones who were just like, I heard that music. And, and when I heard that, so like 2002, 2003 is when I started playing music. And when I when I became influenced like that, and, and I remember a lot of the music out at the time was very angry and very sad and very you know, just like, I'm really sad and I'm really lonely or I'm going to beat the shit out of you or whatever. And they were just like, I love my friends. And I found that to be very compelling. Uh, other and, and as I went on, I, I, I went into what influenced them, like P-Funk and Prince. And mm -hmm. Prince has stuck with me for, for a long time. He just represents everything decent and amazing about what the craft is you know the guy who did it for the sake of doing it and yeah i i just i can't speak enough decency about prince from there right. i guess bands like mastodon who just put out a record too I, i'm very much appreciative of bands like those and, and musicians like paul mccartney i try to take it from wherever you know right 
that makes sense. And then you did this, um, your, your first music video. Yes. Um, you did it. It was shot by uh, Courtney uh, Collins, I believe. Yeah, Courtney. Courtney. Okay. <laughs> and so, so what inspired that music video? That was, uh, as I've said, I've been in a place where I've been trying to make sort of artistic statements about my bleeding disorder. This right. whole record, the redefined record is supposed to be a bit of a trail on myself of starting to deal with my issues regarding hemophilia and to highlight them in a way that isn't necessarily typical for what my community gets. You right. know, my community is a lot about underdog stories and a lot about, you know, beaten odds and stuff, but sometimes they'll gloss over some of the, the, the more unsavory aspects of what, uh, what, what a person's been through to get where they are. Yeah. And I get that, you know, you want to show the hopeful side of things, but a lot of times when you're a cynical person, the hopeful aspects of this stuff don't really ring out with you if you don't have context for where a person's been. You know, That's it's one true. thing for for somebody to say, you know, I used to really be low, but it's changed. But it's another thing for you to show, you know, yourself rolling around in your own filth, as I've been calling it, which is what that video is. Um, that was something Courtney and I have worked together on a lot of things over the last few years. Uh, I've worked with her on other videos with friends of mine, with other projects I've been involved with. Uh, she and I are good friends, dear friends at this point, I'd say. and. I went to her with uh, the album and I asked her what jumped out at her and she said borderlines. And so I told her a bit about the song and about how it was supposed to really be about rage and depression and about ultimately self-determination and, and the realization that maybe you can do a little better for yourself or that you are the only person who can do better for yourself is probably the better way to put it. Uh, and, and so she came to me with this idea of garbage and I told her, yeah, that we can do garbage. Because uh, one of the big things that's important for me to talk about in that video is the garbage itself. Because there's a lot of garbage in that video. And right. it's all, uh, that's all my garbage. It's all locally sourced garbage. And a lot of it is medical waste. Uh, because in our community, uh, that's, that's what it is. It's kind of like um, when you use a medical product, a sterile medical product uh, for every one of those you're using, you're creating like three pieces of trash, it's wrappers and the thing itself. So mm -hmm. a lot of that was me just saving up my medical waste for a few months to uh, throw out there, but also just the mailers from all the different communities you're in. So it was, in, it was important to create this real image of neglect mm -hmm. and of avoidance and sort of, of just being checked out. And to demonstrate just a complete shit fit, a complete temper tantrum. Uh, wow. Destroy the world around me because I've been there. I've been somebody who just bottles his frustration to the point where it just spills all over. And so we created this montage of just doing things to avoid doing things. And I see it up here in front of me now with the sandwiches and the medical bills and stuff. Again, it was just kind of, in a way, it was where I was at during the beginning of the lockdown when I was in a in a sort of a, a place of neglect myself. Right. And, and so to be able to put that into a place of, of, of visual accuracy uh, was important. That makes sense. Wow. And, you know, and seeing the video, I mean, this 
did you did you you know did you just fill it out as you were making it or or did we you- had a timeline like we had a we had a a treatment done mm-hmm. you know we we met up we talked about uh different visual aspects because there were technically there were three maxes in this video there's you know the max who's breaking shit there's the max who's singing in this sort of abstract we called it a color world right and then there's the max who's lying down in the garbage and it's kind of a mixture almost like a time skip if you will like i view that color world max is sort of the the guy who's trying to break free and trying to break what's being repressed in him out and the max lying in the garbage is sort of dissociated everything he's just done so the idea of that was to show positivity within reason and to show that a lot of really ugly things tend to happen before anything good happens. Wow. That makes sense. I mean, it's a very, very interesting video, like very interesting video. It was, wow. um, it was a, it was a toughie, you know, it was, it was a lot of, I've been saying that it was really kind of gooey. And not just because mm-hmm. of like the sandwiches, but like there's a lot of myself and my worst aspects are only marginally exaggerated. Right. So to be that person who lives with themselves after their anger's gotten the better with them, mm-hmm. I know I'm not the only one, you know, and that's the yeah. kind of a lot of people don't, you know, they'll use anger as sort of a dramatic thing, but then the anger sort of falls to the wayside. Like I think about R. Kelly when I think about that. Because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of R. Kelly videos show him being a very dramatic human. I, I don't know. I have a weird fixation with Trapped in the Closet. Right. Where, like, you know, <laughs> you've got dudes pulling out handguns every left and right, and nobody stops and talks about it. You know? Like, that. it's like they'll, they'll, they'll be in standoffs, and then some weird dramatic soap opera thing happens, and nobody goes back to be like, you just pulled a fucking gun on me. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, right. it needed to be that you're sitting in your own garbage because that's oftentimes how it is. It's like, no, you got to live with what you've done. Wow. That's very impactful. Those, uh, the visuals and everything that's, that's very, very impactful. And so like on your, on your musical journey, um, do you have any kind of like goals or, or any particular aspirations with your musical journey? I, aspire to be able to i've done a lot so far i've gotten to travel the country i've gotten to speak to a lot of different people and my goal is to continue doing that to continue to travel to continue to educate because oftentimes what i've done as an educator on bleeding disorders starts in a bar with somebody who's on long island iced tea number four and you need to be able to break that down to them and have it be something that'll stick with them. So to be able to continue to make music and to have people resonate with this, I guess you could say I'm sort of healing when I make music. I, I find myself in a place where I'm able to connect with my emotions when I've got a guitar in my hand. And a lot of people seem to resonate with it when I'm playing guitar. So to be able to take that guitar across the country is my real goal. Um, yeah. It would be to continue to just take this up in levels to be able to connect with parts of me that aren't just about my disorder. And right. c- cause what, what was important about this record for me was to figure out how to talk about it 
in a way that would connect with somebody like yourself to be able to take the problems I've had with my condition and relate them to like the human condition. And, and so we have these aspects of sadness and resentment and rage that are not unique to me by any means. You just have my particular way of having found them. So to be able to take that and find a way to make what seemed unique to me as relatable as I could. So to be able to keep unpacking myself on my musical journey is, is my hope. That makes sense. And, and so if someone wants to, to be in touch, uh, you're, you have a website, um, mm-hmm. which is your name. Uh, and is this the, like the best way to come and sign up to your email list and just yeah. be in touch? The email list is for sure the, the way to do it. I have an Instagram uh, under the name Blood and Sound, which you can also find on my um, on my website. That's a good way to reach me too. And I love talking to people about just about anything. You know, I love getting to know people. That's been really one of the most rewarding parts of doing what I do is that you can just talk to people and get to know little bits about themselves. Right. And uh, and on your website is showing that you're an inventor of Mod Stand by Metal Dozier. Yes. Um, okay. Um, how did how did that idea come about? Like, what inspired you to you know to invent that? Personal need. Um, so, <laughs> as a guitar player, are, are you a guitarist yourself? Do you play? I play a little bit, but I'm more of a piano guy. Ah. Uh, so, yeah. guitar players, we have those those pedal boards, those magical little squares that have all those boxes that are real expensive on them. Right. And so, you know, when you get a big one of those, it takes up your stage footprint. And mm. when I had been designing this, there really wasn't a whole lot to offer in terms of condensing a stage footprint. You basically had your mic stand independently and your pedal board, and you were just kind of forced to stretch your body out in uncomfortable ways. And I'm a little guy, so that meant I didn't have a lot of legs to stretch with to sing and to tap dance on the board at once. So I just started messing around with like drilling into boards and screwing things down. And that got me far enough to prove Mm -hmm. concept. And then I went to Metal Dozer, Jason Dozer, who is uh, just an A-list metal worker. He's done stuff for Tony Braxton. He's done stuff for Prince. He's made mic stands for so many people. Wow. And I reached out to him and I was like, hey, I've got this idea. Do you think you could do this? And he's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so I, so originally it was just for me and people started seeing the merit in it. So I started going after the patent for it and we decided to put it up on his store. Cause I didn't want to do any manufacturing myself. I just wanted to work with the guy who had the means. So this is a product we offer straight up through the metal dozer website that I'm privileged to say came out of my mind and out of our hearts. Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. Wow. So is there any, uh, any uh, last minute uh, words before we wrap up that you want to share with the audience? I would say that if there's uh anything on your mind anybody's got any kind of darkness on their mind right now and i say that as somebody who just did a lot of it myself uh just sit down and write grab a piece of paper and just write all of that out just get it out i don't care if you journal regularly as it is uh, because i do regularly journal and sometimes i will just be like no i don't want to journal this no journal it write it down you'll feel better i promise 
you know, getting it out and not suppressing it in like that's Yeah. You've been very, very inspirational, man. Like seriously, I mean, from being an activist to, to taking things that is a problem and finding a way to, to get through that. I mean, that, that's very inspirational in in my book, at least. And and I'm sure a lot of people's books. So, (laughs) you know, so hats off, man, for you just continuing to, to do your music and to continue putting it out there. I I knew it was some prints and stuff in there. Like, I, cause I, I've heard your music before we met and I was like, yeah, it's, it's some prints, it's some psychedelic. And then I can see why, why there's some incubus red hot chili pepper kind oh, of yeah. influences too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of goodness that comes out of those three bands out of those, three yeah. bands, you know, out of prints. There's just, there's so much goodness. And actually before I, I was on here, I make a point. Do you have a favorite Prince record? Uh, that's a tough one, right? That's a tough one because because it's always it's always gonna like you can like the whole thing, but it's always gonna be that that one or two from each one that really gets you. Yeah, and, and sometimes <laughs> it's one record that grabs you over the others. Like for yeah. me, the first real intro to Prince I had was Dirty Mind, mm-hmm. and and then I found the record before that, his self titled, which yeah. is. That one for me is just, that's not fair. That record's just not fair. He's like 22. He's shredding. He's doing ballads with all these sophisticated things going on. And it's all him. Yeah. Yeah. That one was a good record. I, I forget. Um, Cause they have quite a bit. Um, was, was a uh, sign of the times on that one? Nah, I think isn't sign of the times its own record. Uh, or is that off controversy? Um. I forget myself. Oh no, no! I think that's off controversy because it's so many. <laughs> yeah. That's the one with yeah. I want to be your lover on it. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Never mind that one. He was under the label. Yeah, he was still under the label. Yeah, um, that was the one that also I think Bambi was on that one. And um, my favorite two off that are "Why You Want to Treat Me So Bad" and "When We're Dancing Close and Slow." Yeah. Yeah. That one's just especially <laughs> when we're dancing, that to me is just like I lose myself in that one. <laughs> right. I feel you. <laughs> Fired Up Friday will be right back after these messages. Come and tap into the worldwide audience of Fired Up Fridays. Do you have an inspiring story? Have you gone through any type of challenges but you found a way to make it through? We would love to hear your story on Fired Up Fridays. Visit steveryan.com today. All right, we're back, and Matt's is going to bless us with a with an awesome song. <laughs> yeah, I figured I'd play. You brought up Dear Anxious at the head. I think I'll, I'll play Dear Anxious for you. your hand, you command the power should you ever choose to refrain all your pain as a better kind of truth. Get a clue, a tattoo, a lesson, and nails the proof. Self-aware, now you care, you're on the hook, so follow through.
pride you to the side and you might find the fortitude to defy prying eyes. It's no surprise that train on you. Understand how to stand a Leo sun and Virgo. Set the mood, name the tune, and lead the way they'll follow you. That was pretty cool. I mean, it, it sounded like radio. <laughs> like that. it was really good. Yeah, it was really good. Like you have a you have a a good live presence. So I, I'm I'm sure the fans are just waiting. Like, come on, get Tim back out here so he can. Yeah, that was cool. I like that. <laughs> you make That's me want to get the get get the guitar get going. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, wow. So. um well, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Fired Up Friday will be right back after these messages. Are you ready to be a better you? Visit theabundantlion.com today. Well, it's, it's been great having you on, man, and, and going through your site and seeing the video. And like, people need to go to your website, check it out, and really just getting your community sign up to your email. Like I'm sure you're gonna be coming. You're gonna be able to say I'm coming to a city near you eventually. <laughs> so. I'm hoping so. I mean, we just had that new variant start to rear its head. Was it the Omicron or something? I'm really hoping we can get that under control before we end up in another weird place where people are not feeling cozy about going out. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> will it ever end? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was. I, we were hoping. And and yeah. we've tried to act like some things are done, but you know, I, I don't know where this leaves us. Yeah, who knows? But I guess we'll just we'll take a page out of your book and keep moving forward. <laughs> so, yeah, I know we'll all do our best. Yeah, you might come up with another invention, you know, in the meantime until you get out there. So Oh boy. We'll see. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, this wraps it up for Fired Up Friday with Max. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Are you ready to feel good? Are you ready to feel inspired? Then come and get your I Am Strong merch. It's smooth on the skin. And guess what? When you wear it, people will be asking, where did you get that shirt? Where did you get those clothes? And you can say, I am strong. Come on over to stevebryan.com today. 